hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. Might be one of the most dominating performances we'll see all season long. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening in the NTT IndyCar Series. Passion going to stroll around and for turn number four, he's going to pull away from Alexander Rossi. Simon Passion sweeps the run. Kent Checkers out. He'll go to victory lane. Exclusive interviews with drivers, crew chiefs, and team owners discussing the IndyCar storylines that matter to you. Oh, my goodness. What an incredible race and what an incredible champion we have on our hands. Wow. This is Brick by Brick. Hi, everyone. Welcome yet again to Brick by Brick, where we try to bring you at least a little bit of uh, distraction from what we're all uh, adhering to during this crisis time. Hope you and your family are well. And uh, a lot has happened since the last time that we were here on Dan Patrick Radio, Sirius XM Channel 211. No sooner than 24 hours after we finished our show one week ago, um, the IndyCar world was turned upside down by necessity, but with the announcement uh, by the folks that the schedule would be reduced and that the Indianapolis 500 for the first time in its centennial history would be postponed until the 23rd of August. And joining us now to talk a little bit about that is uh, the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, an old friend that certainly is uh, hunkered down in his house as well, like the rest of us, Doug Bowles. Doug, thanks so much for joining us. First and foremost, forget the Indy 500. Uh, how are you and your family, and is everything okay so far? Yeah, so far, I think just like everybody, um, we're a little stir-crazy when you have to spend uh, 24 hours a day with each other <laughs> in the house, but uh, it does make you uh, make you appreciate the freedoms that we have. And uh, But no, generally doing well. The team at the Speedway, um, healthy as well, and we are... Uh, in some levels, we are at some levels, we're working harder now and staying connected more now um, just via all the internet options to communicate. In fact, before this, I was just on a, a leadership call and then a construction call because we've got all kinds of construction that's on hold right now, just trying to figure through the timing. So um, just like everybody, just hoping we can uh, get through this sooner rather than later. I want to talk a little bit about the, the dynamics and the decision making that took place last week, but to establish I said how the Indianapolis 500 is going to be moved to August the 23rd, but the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, which traditionally kicks off the month of May in Indy, uh, it has afforded an opportunity for IndyCar and NASCAR, which a lot of us have talked about, to uh, actually stage an event on the same weekend. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, I, I hate that it had to happen the way that it did, but uh, Eddie Gossage and I have sort of been trying to position ourselves to be the first racetrack to have the double of NASCAR and IndyCar on the same weekend. And I thought Eddie was going to be the one to get it. Uh, and at least for the time being, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway will be. And we'll see how, what happens with the rest of the NASCAR schedule as it goes forward and the IndyCar schedule. I bet there's an opportunity maybe that they could do that ahead of us. But uh, we're really excited about it. I think our fans, you know, it's funny, we made that announcement and the number of ticket sales that we had on that day around that announcement out, actually outpaced the Indianapolis 500, which is really rare. So it tells you that our fans are excited about having the two uh, series running on the same weekend. I can't wait uh, to have an IndyCar race where the NASCAR Cup drivers are walking the grid, talking to drivers, and then on the flip side, the next day for the IndyCar drivers to hang around and, and cheer on their favorite NASCAR drivers. You know, oftentimes our fans want to be a NASCAR fan or an IndyCar fan. At the end of the day, we're all motorsport fans, and I think it's a great way to pull us all together. Well, and uh, no sooner did you make that announcement than uh, Graham Rahal did a, a Twitter shout out to Jimmy Johnson 
and uh, pending decisions and permissions, we may actually see someone attempt to do the double that weekend, both in the Cup Series and in the IndyCar Series. Be a hell of a way to kick off your IndyCar career if JJ gets in a cockpit of a car there in the Ally Auto Special. Yeah, you know, that would be very cool. You know, Jimmy knows his way around the Speedway on the Oval for sure. Uh, one of our most prolific winners in our history is Jimmy Johnson at the Speedway. And and he's been, uh, you know, obviously he's got a lot of connections with the IndyCar folks. He's always been an open wheel fan. So I think having him uh, get a chance to run an IndyCar race, whether it's at the Speedway or at some other point uh, here in the new future, I know the IndyCar drivers are, are excited about that. And I picked on Tony Stewart a little bit because Tony, you know, is already going to run the Pinzoil 150. Uh, so maybe I said, hey, Tony, there's not, a, there's nobody on, on earth that I know that can run all four races in the <laughs> same weekend at the Speedway, starting with the midget race through the Xfinity, the IndyCar, and the, and the, and the cup race in the Big Machine Vodka 400. I, you know, I, I would love to have him do that. Obviously, that's just sort of a joke more than anything. Uh, but uh, love Tony Stewart and his spirit. And so it's going to be a fun weekend for our fans. Well, let's circle back. Uh, as I alluded to when you joined us, uh, we were all turned upside down last week with the decision. What went into the decision-making process? Well, I think that we had hoped, and, you know, Roger Penske has been really committed to making sure that the Indy 500 ran on May 24th, but a lot's happened in the two weeks since St. Pete, or now more than two weeks since St. Pete um, was, was postponed, um, and, and we've learned a lot, and as our governor has pushed our social distancing and our stay-at-home uh, recommendations further and further, it's just hard to... Uh, plan the Indy 500 uh, without being able to work. I mean, right now we would normally be uh, getting things set up for 300,000 plus people at the end of the month. So we, we really, frankly, needed the time uh, to make sure that the track was ready and the facility was ready for our, our, our guests. Uh, but most importantly, we wanted to make sure that we ran an Indy 500, not just a weekend, but all the things that lead up to it. So pushing it to August allows us to do that, we hope. It gives us those two weekends to qualify, practice leading into qualifying, and then obviously the race. And then you had the IndyCar Grand Prix, and just it felt like a natural just to, uh, to move that over to uh, July 4th. We had a new partner there with GMR, who uh, is, it really owns AMR Ambulance Service. So a lot of those folks are out fighting the fight right now, so we can't wait to celebrate them uh, in, in July as well and thank them for their, for their efforts. But that's really what led into it. It was a tough decision. Um, none of us wanted to be uh, leading this uh, for the first time in our history, as you noted, that the Indy 500 will run outside of May. So it's crazy. It started running in 1911, and every, every year it's run, it's run sometime before the end of May. Continuing our conversation here on Brick by Brick with an old friend who is the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the news last week that August 23rd, tickets are on sale. I'll go ahead and pr promote that for the Indianapolis 500 has been moved to uh, that last Sunday in August. Uh, Doug Bowles with us. Doug, you're in a unique position because you and I have known each other for decades. And uh, before you assumed the role as the head of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, you started out life as a fan. You experienced life as an IndyCar car owner. Now you're the stepdad of an IndyCar driver. Uh, so you've pretty much, you know, checked all of the boxes. Uh, as you look at what is unfolding today and with the emergence, and we're going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the iRacing series that hopefully is feeding all of us a little bit later in the show. Um, can, can you put into words just how resilient the IndyCar community has been in adjusting on the fly? Well, I, I think everybody understands the situation that we're all in and understand the need to adjust. And really, from the first conference call 
uh, that Roger Pinsky had with the team owners when we were in St. Pete on the Saturday uh, in St. Pete when, or excuse me, on the Friday in St. Pete when the decision was made uh, to not run uh, the race that weekend. It was amazing the spirit of the owners on the phone, uh, how they were very, very supportive of the decision and even uh, Roger made some commitments to the owners to ha help make sure that they felt really comfortable with the decision. It's been a, it's been a team effort and there is an awful lot of resilience. As you noted, uh, there's been a lot of fun, whether it's been NASCAR or an IndyCar or World of Outlaws or whatever racing series it is. It's, I, I never thought that you could have so much fun watching sim, <laughs> sim racing on TV, uh, but it's been fascinating and the ability to uh, have to see the drivers having some fun and, and still connecting the, the numbers uh, the NASCAR's had on NBC have been uh, or on Fox been pretty strong. I think uh, we're going to see the same thing with the IndyCar series uh, with our our partner on NBC. Uh, people love those drivers in the racing, and that, and that really isn't just about resilience of the of the owners and drivers. It really says an awful lot about our fans who are really committed to supporting the sport in in, in a difficult time. And and we don't get to do this without those fans. Well, and, and you bring up a very valid point. It's, it's allowing all of us to stay connected, uh, albeit electronically and via staying at home, all of that that goes into the mix. But when this is done and we will beat this enemy, uh, can you, because you're pretty, you're, you're pretty proactive, can you foresee some of what we are learning about how to communicate with each other, how to integrate uh, sim racing into our motorsports involvement? Can you see any of this being retained once we're back to normal here in the United States? You know, I wonder if there's not an ability, especially in the off season for drivers to have these simulate, simulator races as an opportunity to stay engaged uh, throughout the year, not just when we're actually on track. So I do see that as an opportunity. I, I also think what's really interesting is just the way now that fans can engage with our drivers real time uh, through, through the simulation. You know, when we watch the, uh, uh, the race this past weekend from Watkins Glen, uh, the IndyCar race. Uh, so we were watching the IndyCar race on the IndyCar YouTube channel. And at the same time, uh, we were watching Connor uh, on his Twitch feed. So Connor was, so you could see Connor driving and hear Connor's comments on Twitch. <laughs> and I know a lot of the other drivers did that too. And so the ability to watch the race, but also really um, have fun communicate, watching the driver and getting that interactivity uh, made that so much more fun. I, and I thought for sure that there's no way I was going to sit for an hour and a half and watch a, a video game on TV. And we, uh, we had a blast watching it. Before we leave the sim racing uh, and, and move on to your new owner, and I can't think of anybody that uh, should be given the keys to the kingdom, especially in this crisis, other than Roger Penske. I want to I circle back to this, this sim racing situation. During the telecast, um, one, and, I, and I believe it was actually... Uh, um, Lee Diffie that said in a conversation with uh, Will Power, uh, all of the drivers are afforded the opportunity in the sim racing environment to make or are not allowed to make any adjustments. Everybody's right. running the same thing. And Will Power planted the trial balloon and saying, hmm, wouldn't it be interesting if we were forced to run a race that way somewhere in real life? Going back to your time at, uh, as part of the uh, triumvirate that was Panther Racing in the beginning, back in the Sam Hornish days, how would, if you were still owning an IndyCar, how would you react to that type of a rule change? Well, I, I think certainly we had an unfair advantage with Sam Hornish. I mean, Sam was uh, head and shoulders uh, better than almost everybody in the field back in the, in the day. So I think we'd be okay. As long as Sam was our driver, we'd be okay having that uh, <laughs> Having the having the field field uh, the same for everybody. Although 
um, you know, we had some great engineers back in the day too with Andy Brown and, and uh, the, some of the folks that were working on our cars. So, so there is a bit of that. I, I do think it would be an interesting one to see, especially for a small team that didn't have a budget, uh, maybe to invest in some of the engineers and some of the shocks and some of those things that, you know, make a hundredth of a difference here and there. When you add those up, all of a sudden it's a tenth or two tenths of a second per lap. It would be interesting to see um, if you're a driver, right? You might, especially if you're a driver that's not in one of the top seats, you might think that's a great thing. As an owner, I think it's going to depend on what side of the fence you're on if you're going to support that. Listen, before I let you go, um, you know, as I, I think I've given your bona fides uh, the, the correct focus that you're, you, you, you have a unique perspective on things. Roger Penske. And now that he is in charge, after a great, a great run by the Holman family, there's no question about that. What, what is life like for you, Doug Bowles, under the Penske Entertainment Empire? So, so I, I mean, you touched on the first thing. I mean, we owe an awful lot to Tony Holman and then um, his kids and grandkids and great-grandkids, frankly, that uh, have continued to invest in and help the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, be this amazing facility that it is, and particularly the Indy 500 and the Big Machine Biker 400 are these two great, uh, great events uh, that happen on the American sports calendar and international sports calendar every year. Uh, but, but I do think that the, having Roger Penske come in, especially we didn't know this was going to happen, right? And having right. Roger, I can't, I can't think of a better person uh, to steer the ship uh, through these rough waters right now than Roger Penske. I quickly learned, um, you hear all the stories about Roger and his passion for people, his passion for business, his passion for, for just things being, being perfect in terms of thinking through all of the details. And it's clear that Roger Penske is successful because he outworks everyone and he is focused on details. And we're learning that uh, every day as we talk to Roger. It's amazing uh, how often he'll pick the phone up and call the entire organization, not just Mark Miles or Doug Bowles or Jay Fry, but but the entire organization, you never know when you're going to get a call from Roger Pinsky and it's, hey, are you okay? What kind of tools can I give you uh, to help you move forward? And he reads everything that he sees. Uh, it's, it's really, really impressive. His organization uh, is impressive and we're pretty proud to be part of it. And I think long-term, uh, the Speedway is in for uh, for another a great steward. We've been really fortunate in our time from Carl Fisher through Eddie Rickenbacker and the Holman family. Uh, this is just another a great ownership group uh, for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway going forward. Doug, stay safe. My best to your entire family. And uh, listen, we, uh, we will gather together at the uh, greatest spectacle in racing. It's just uh, Who'd have thought that the month of May would be transferred to August? Thanks so much for joining us here on Brick by Brick. Yeah, thank, thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. I hope all, the, all your listeners are safe as well. We continue with Brick by Brick, dedicated to the NTT IndyCar Series, despite the fact that we're all engaged in a new normal, right after these messages. Coming up next. Simon, you know, it is said winning the Indy 500 changes your life. So how has it changed your life? <laughs> it's uh, it's a busy schedule. Uh, not now, but it's it's a busy schedule because uh, all of a sudden there's a lot of um, requests, a lot of demands. It's awesome because you know you feel so much recognition from winning that race. It's the biggest race in the world. It really has a big impact on your life, on your career, and people surrounding you. This is brick by brick with AJ Almendinger and Jack Aroot. 
Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our defensive line episode, which showcases conversations with stars like Chase Young, Derek Brown, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. We're hitting the apex to bring you the hottest news from the NTT IndyCar Series. This is Brick by Brick. We're joined finally by my co-host, A.J. Almendinger. A.J., one of the wonderful things about all this new horizon that we have to embrace is tackling the, uh, shall, shall we say, the technological challenges. Welcome to the show. Glad you got connected. And you did get connected just in time. Yeah, well, I mean, I hit walls for a living so my my it skills aren't that great <laughs> and uh yeah worked last night today not so much so it, it took me a while i'm a little slow when it comes to uh figuring that stuff out but i'm here for the important one now simon's here so i, I got back in time he is the defending indianapolis <laughs> 500 champion he joins us now and uh simon pagino who to thunk uh that you would have your shall we say, your reign as a defending champion extended to the 23rd of August. That, by the way, is not the longest running because when the track laid uh, vacant or laid uh, dormant during World War I and then during World War II, uh, those drivers enjoyed longer. But I'm sure that's the last thing that you wanted to have to deal with. Yeah, those are not really fun facts, actually. <laughs> so, uh, I'd rather go racing and uh, I'd rather, I'd rather uh, try to... Uh... Uh, you know, compete for it, compete for another win. It's, um, I think that's what we do. You know, AJ, I'm sure would say the same, but it's, um, it's in our blood. It's just, you know, you want to go out on the racetrack and, and compete uh, and, and have that adrenaline rush. Um, without it, it's a bit of a, an, interesting, um, an interesting life for sure, a different kind of life. Well, Simon, you know, it is said winning the Indy 500 changes your life. So how has it changed your life? <laughs> it's uh it's a busy schedule uh, not now but it's uh it's a busy schedule because uh, all of a sudden uh, there's a lot of um requests a lot of uh demands from the media especially but also sponsors uh, the team sponsors you know at penske we have so many partners and and all of a sudden uh they want the the last winner to go to all these events and 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 be there for um to represent the brand so it's uh it's awesome because you know you feel so much recognition from winning that race. Um, all of a sudden, even Formula One was aware of what I did and, and my friends in Formula One all reached out. So it, it just, it's the biggest race in the world. It really has a big impact on your life, on your career and, and people surrounding you. Simon, you're in a unique position, much the way our previous guest, as I alluded to with Doug Bowles, uh, you having driven for Roger Penske, being part of Team Penske, and now Roger taking over not only the NTT IndyCar Series, but the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and all that goes with that. Uh, for those that don't have that intimacy with the captain, can you share with us what makes him so unique? <laughs> well, he's unique, that's for sure. I mean, uh, I don't know many people who wake up, wake up at 3.30 in the morning and, and end up and end their day at midnight. So uh, I just don't know how he does it. It's incredible. The drive he has is phenomenal. And he's someone that's going to get it done. He's going to find a way to get it done, and he won't stop until it's done. And 
Uh, he's very respectful. Um, always wants to make sure that it's a win-win situation for everybody. Um, and I think, you know, he's very respected, obviously, um, in the world. And, and everybody wants to do business with him at this point. So uh, it's an amazing empire, not only in racing, but it's the business he built is just phenomenal all over the world. So um, uh, I just think it's his drive. His drive is just more than anyone else I know. Yeah, Jack, that was something that I always figured out with Roger. You had to keep – you couldn't have your phone on silent because he could call you at any point, morning, noon, night, and you'd have to pick up because he might be waiting for you for a meeting. But, uh, you know, Simon, I've talked about it on this show before. At my one opportunity to run the Indy 500, I had Roger on the box. Walking down Gasoline Alley with him was something – that was probably one of the most special things I've ever felt in my life, even before getting in the race car, was that moment of just walking through Gasoline Alley with Roger Penske. So more importantly, what was it like to be in victory lane at the Indianapolis 500 and have Roger come up next to you and probably shake your hand, hug you, whatever, whatever he does in victory lane at Indy? It was amazing. You know, I think for, for me, it was a, a feel of satisfaction to give him what he wants most. Um, you know, he's giving me this incredible life. He's giving me these incredible cars to drive, the best cars you can get. He's giving me that chance. I wanted to give back to him a win because that's what he wants the most. So um, he was one of the first one to actually congratulate me. And I remember that uh, handshake forever. I mean, it was just his look, his excitement. Um, the way he was going about it, he was just like, honestly, he was like a kid at Christmas. And um, I've never seen him so excited before. And, and I felt like I was part of that joy. And, um, you know, for someone that I respect so much, admire so much for his drive, his determination with everything, being part of that and making it happen was very special. So, um, uh, yeah, I've got goosebumps just talking about <laughs> it. It's, uh, you know, he's... he's uh, He's uh, just an incredible man when it comes to racing. He'll, he'll be a legend forever. All right. Before we shift gears to uh, the, the virtual reality that all of us are, are dealing with in this quote-unquote new normal, want to check in with you and see how uh, staying at home for Simon Pagano is working out. Well, I must say it hasn't been too bad. It hasn't changed much from my daily life, to be honest with you, because I, I, I just – I, I got prepared and I got uh, gym equipment here so I can train every day. I just finished my training session. And in the afternoon now, I train on the simulator uh, about three to four hours every day to, to, uh, to be competitive on the weekend. Well, you need to uh, because of your performance at Watkins Glen left a little bit to be desired. Bro. I mean, he finished it sixth, was, Jack. It was Come bad. on. It was sixth, Jack. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on, man. <laughs> yeah, but he had, a re he had to hit the reset a couple of times. Uh, I got hit by New Garden, so I guess we had a <laughs> – we had a bit of a get together there, but it wasn't our fault actually. We uh, we got into a crash, but it's fun. I tell you what, it's a lot of fun because you're competing, and I think that's what we all want to do. Uh, but it's unknown territory, so it's almost more stressful than driving the real race car. And when she snaps loose and get in the wall, sometimes you have no idea what just happened. So it's uh, it's interesting. I I enjoy it for the competition of it. Um, it's keeping me really busy. Uh, Last week, I trained until 2 in the morning every day, 15 hours a day. Um, now it's okay. I've got to handle it a bit better, but everybody's going to get competitive. So with that, how are the blisters on the hand from all that training? Because I saw, I saw your hand. That was insane. And more importantly, is Norman sick and tired of you being at home all the time? 
<laughs> well, he's sick and tired of me training in, on the simulator. He hates it because he just wants me to fetch him. He just wants me to play ball with him. And when I don't, he gets grumpy and starts growling. So um, I have to get back to that routine with him. But uh, I, I got to tell you this little story. So I've got, uh, I've got a French team, a virtual French team helping me to train. Um, they're like sim racers. And the first day I got on, so we're on this server and we're talking through the, the headset, which I've never done before. Barely have any idea how to make it work. And all of a sudden the, the main guy says, hey, are you wearing gloves? And I start laughing. I'm like, why do you need me to wear gloves for this? I mean, it's just a simulator. <laughs> I don't need gloves. Sure enough, that night I got a blister and now I'm wearing gloves. <laughs> uh, listen, well, I, 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 I want to share with you that over on the NASCAR side, uh, we've had a couple of the drivers have to seek some quick relief, i.e. a bathroom break, and they've enlisted their dog to sit in, and we saw how that worked out. So when are we going to see either A, Norman provide uh, relief driving for Simon Pagano, or B, your spotter? Yeah, well, I've got Ben Bretzman on the stand right now, my engineer. Uh, I don't think he wants to uh, trade his seat with anyone. <laughs> but uh, but I get uh, I get um, I get kisses uh, from Norman uh, every pit stop. So as you could see on the video, actually, uh, he comes and gives me kisses. It's like a, a windshield tear. <laughs> the world, guys, is going oh. to the dogs and the cats. You've got Norman. He's got Mr. Tickles. I've got Sadie and Riggs. Uh, I, I guess they're the ones that are keeping us sane. Before I let you go, how important is it for you to be able to engage in this sim racing series and reach out to uh, the fan nation and provide them with some necessary, I think, distraction when the world is shut down sports-wise? Uh, you know, you guys are hosting virtual autograph sessions, et cetera, as part of it. Um, how important is it to stay connected to those people and inspire them to smile even if it's only for 90 minutes yeah i think it's um i think it's very important um you know i was on a call with my mom yesterday and it was 8 p.m in france and all of a sudden she's oh, i gotta go outside on the balcony and she went outside on the balcony and people were playing music and they started clapping and it was a 10 minute thing they do it every day and you know it really is for the soul it really is uh, to keep people entertained and i think we're, we're doing the same with our racing um you know, that's actually what we do. We train on simulators um, and we have a, a, an amazing way to actually entertain people while staying at home in this environment. So why not sharing it with the fans and keeping them entertained? I mean, it, honestly, sometimes you look at pictures or videos and it looks like real life. So why not? Um, and I think at the end of the day, we're an entertaining business and, and you've got to keep people entertained, find ways to, uh, to have a good time with them. Except the reset Sorry, button. No, except except the reset button. That's the, uh, the, reset that's the button, one yeah. not real life. Yeah. <laughs> Simon, we, we appreciate all that you're doing. Uh, while America struggles and you inspire and, and make us all as race fans smile, uh, I know your heart is with your countrymen in France as well as, as this is a global pandemic. Uh, our thoughts and our prayers go and are extended all the way over to there and the rest of Europe as well. And we do appreciate your visiting with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Brick by Brick will continue right after this. Coming up next. Sage Karam, driver of the Wix filter car. 
I don't care whether it was virtual or real. Your performance, you just put your foot on the throat of your competition. I trained for that race like it was like a normal race, like a non-virtual race, and it was crazy. I actually was more nervous for that race than I think for the real races. I wish it would go into the stat books as an IndyCar win officially. That'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) This is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. WrestleMania 36 is finally here, and Busted Open has got you covered this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern with our WrestleMania pre-show. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray will get you ready for the biggest pro wrestling event of the year from returning legends. NXT challengers who will come out on top. It's Busted Open's WrestleMania 36 pre-show, only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. Welcome back to the only weekly NTT IndyCar Series talk show on Sirius XM. This is Brick by Brick. You're surely Jack Aroot along with my co-host AJ Almendinger, and now we'll make it a threesome as we welcome in the uh, 2020 NTT IndyCar winner from Watkins Glen, New York. Well, it's in the virtual world. Sage Karam, driver of the Wix filter car. Uh, Sage, first of all, thanks so much for joining us here on Brick by Brick. Second of all, I don't care whether it was virtual or real. Your performance, you just put your foot on the throat of your competition. Congratulations. How did it feel? Thank you. Um, no, I mean, it was it was cool. It was, uh, you know, I trained for that race like it was like a normal race, like a non-virtual race. And um, it was crazy. I actually was more nervous for that race than I think for the real races. I don't know if it's because like, it's it's a little bit out of our, our element, um, but I, I don't know. I was really nervous, um, and I was just happy to get that win. Um, I wish it would go into the stat books as an IndyCar win officially. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Sage, obviously you've been on our racing a lot. I've raced against you, and Jack, I've gotten whooped pretty bad by Sage. He's uh, He's one of the better ones on there. You've won basically over 25% of your races that are in, in just regular races. That's not counting league races. Uh, how much time do you put into it when it comes to preparing for a sim race and then preparing for a, a real race? And for the listeners that aren't really up to date with iRacing, how close is it to the real thing in your opinion? Yeah, no. So, I mean, those are good questions. Um, I think for real races, um, you know, I'll do what I think is right as far as like not going too overboard with it. Just, you know, getting familiar again with everything. Just so when I get to the, the real tracks, like if I was doing Daytona 24 or something, um, you know, it, it just wouldn't be as foreign or anything like that. Um, but, I, you know, I wouldn't put in as much time, like as religiously um, for a real race. Um, just get everything back into normal. And then for the actual sim races, like that race, um, with the 45 lap race, I looked at like my VRS stats and everything, and I did 400 laps. Um, so whatever the math is there, I, I, I did that many laps of practice for that race. So I, um, was pretty worn out after that. I took like two days off from the sim cause I was just pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty done with it at that point. Um, and I just started doing some, some practice for Barber this week. Um, I was in there with, uh, Jimmy Johnson and stuff and trying to get him going in the IndyCar, you know, he's been, He's been, um, you know, messaging me. And a lot of the drivers have been messaging me after the first race. So um, we'll see if we can, you know, I- I'm sure the competition is going to be much steeper week two um, after they saw, you know, what it's going to take to get it done. 
Um, but as far as how realistic it is, um, I think the tracks are really awesome. Like iRacing does a great job with laser scanning all the tracks and getting all that going. Um, and, you know, just the actual car itself, you know, it hits all the, ma like, the big major points. The only thing you don't get in like sim racing um, or just those little feels. Um, as you know, AJ, you know, it's like when you're out there driving in real life, you have all these, these minute details that you rely on that, you know, all, you know, come together and they, they mean something, you know, whether you're feeling the car bottoming out with your butt or something in your hands that, you know, is giving your brain something to think about that, you know, the car's about to do this and that. You don't really get those minute details. You need something a bit bigger um, detail wise to feel something in the sim. So I think that's the only thing it misses on. But as far as like the major stuff, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. And that, you know, a lot of drivers pretty religiously, you know, use it to, to train. All right. I want to go back to that last lap. The white flag comes out at a track that you only have a sim knowledge of, because if I'm correct, you had never actually raced at Watkins Glen on the full course. Uh, and lo and behold, uh, no time to celebrate before the checkered flag because there's a car spinning directly in front of you. And all of a sudden, what went through your mind when you thought, oh, crap, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get collected here at the end of the race? Yeah, I, you know, I was right when I seen that car um, start to spin, I was like, this is just my luck. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> this is going to happen. It's going to ruin this whole day, all the work that I put in. Um, like, this totally would happen to me. Um, but, you know, you don't really have a lot of time to think about anything, really. It was just more or less, uh, you know, I had to pick which way to go, either left or right, whether, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide. And, you know, thankfully, I picked left and it was the right way to go. But um, it was mostly luck to get around that car, I'd say. I, you know, I just picked one way and it worked out. But, um, yeah, I, I, I would have been pretty upset. And, and you know, I wanted <laughs> – I was, like, on my stream, and I, and I didn't curse, but I wanted to curse. But I was, like, I know I probably got sponsors and all that watching. And usually when you're in the real racing, like, nobody can see how you react to situations like that. So I was trying to, like, keep my cool on, on, the, uh, on the Twitch channel and everything. <laughs> kind of going to uh, – you know, for me, looking – back at your career after winning your Indy Lights championship, you really never had an opportunity to be full-time. So for me, I, I question like, how hard is it for you every year to try to stay engaged to IndyCar racing, whether it's through training, just trying to focus on whatever races you're putting together. You know, you obviously have an opportunity this year to, to run some races, but uh, like just how hard has it been to, to be engaged every year, knowing that maybe you're only going to do the Indy 500 or you're trying to put a deal just to put pieces of, of races together each year. It's so hard. And, um, you know, it would have been super easy to like, just kind of throw the towel in many a times on this journey. Um, and, and like you said, even just for training, like um, when you don't really have a race coming up or to look forward to, it's really hard sometimes to even just get out of bed and like, you know, have a want to, to, um, you know, get after it because you don't really have like a, a goal right there. So you have to like make these goals and, and, you know, that aren't, you know, real at the time and, and, and just hope that, you know, you're doing this for when you do get the call that you're ready to go. Um, but yeah. And then when you're watching the races on the couch, instead of being there, or if you go there as a spectator and, you know, you're, you're seeing guys race that you've raced with your whole life, you know, it, it, it does get to you a little bit, but um, you know, I've chose to keep going because I just believe that I, I, I can do it and I can be there and, and, and do well there. And um you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going until I know for a fact that, you know, it's, it's not working out. And like my, my parents and stuff sometimes will be like, why don't you go get like a job to like pass the time by and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm just like, 
I'm just like, because I can't get a job, dad, like if I get a job, then that means that I'm kind of quitting on, you know, the whole, you know, the aspiration of being a race car driver. And right now I'm not ready to not give it 110%. Um, you know, I don't want to give it 80% and give something else 20 because then I feel like I'm, I'm quitting on it a bit. Uh, we're continuing our conversation here on Brick by Brick with the winner at Watkins Glen in the Sim Racing, uh, iRacing American Red Cross Grand Prix held last Saturday afternoon, Sage Caraman. Sage, we saw the following day Timmy Hill score his first victory, similar to you, uh, in the NASCAR side of things. Uh, one, of the, one of the, I think, the unintended consequences of all of this is, look, Everybody saw that Wix filters livery dryer and Reinbold car that you were wheeling in, you know, sim racing uh, virtual reality last week. Uh, everybody saw what Timmy Hill was doing over on the NASCAR side. In the long run, when we return to whatever this new normal is, um, do, you, do you foresee that this could provide you some additional opportunities to continue the pursuit of your passion in real life rather than on a computer? I mean, it definitely can't hurt, right? You know, so um, I, I don't know if it's going to lead to anything, you know, more or, or better or, or whatever, but I know it definitely can't, you know, be a disadvantage to it, uh, helping me. So, um, you know, I think at first when we went into this, we didn't know like how engaged the sponsors would be and the fans and um, the teams and stuff. Um, but after the race, I man, you would have thought I won the Indy 500. I, I, my phone was blowing up. Um, I had interviews left and right. I was on sports center. I mean, like one of my dreams as a kid was to be on sports center and I just never thought it'd be for virtual racing. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just, it was just crazy. Like all the publicity this got. And, um, you know, I, I saw then that like the sponsors were super into it. They were super pumped up, super happy about it. And, um, you know, the team was, you know, Dennis Reinbold, called me he's the team owner at, at dry and Reinbold. um you know just really excited about it and everything and you know at that point i just kind of like realized like hey maybe this you know is going really well with everybody and they're all taking it you know fa fairly in, in a positive way and um you know like i said it, just, it can't hurt so you know i'm gonna keep going with it and hopefully keep trying to win and um you know maybe we'll see if it can do something positive yeah i mean i was looking at the stats after and it it was upwards of 600,000 viewership of people watching. And I mean, it's crazy. We see it with the NASCAR side of it. Hopefully the IndyCar side of it. I saw that possibly NBCSN would pick up this week's race. Hopefully that happens. So Sage, uh, I think it's going to be tough for the rest of the field to, to beat you because I've seen you on there. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about what was it? Two years ago, you, I saw on Twitter, you spending hours on end trying to make it in the top 30 drivers to go to what the Porsche runoff Porsche cup runoff that they were doing. Yeah, it was a, a, an event Porsche put together, um, like called the summit. Um, and it was going to be held in, in uh, Leipzig, Germany. Um, and basically there was a big time trial on iRacing, um, in the Porsche cup car and everybody had the same setups and it was for a week long and the top 30 times would, would get flown out to Germany and you'd compete in a race there for like, $40,000. And, uh, you know, it was like pretty much like one of the first big, uh, major prize money things in racing. But I looked at it more or less like, Hey, this is, you know, 
I've been not in a race seat for a while. And, you know, a lot of that has come down to, you know, not being financially able to do it. And here was a time where it was like, I can put in as many laps as I possibly can and prove that if, um, you know, it's just coming down to just car and everything and just the want to do it, um, you know, it's not coming down to money basically. So I, I decided I'm going to do it. I did 1200 laps, um, at Laguna Seca, um, and qualified in the top 30 in the world. I think I was wow. like 22nd or 23rd. So I got the trip to Leipzig and, and my goal was just to get there. And it was just to, you know, be put in front of, you know, the Porsche guys and, and, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. And, um, you know, that was just the goal. And I did that. And then once I got there, I got my butt whooped. Cause I, I got put on a, <laughs> I got put on a simulator that like, I'm not used to. And these guys that are, you know, really, really good in the Sims, like they're just, they can hop on any rig, any car, any track, and they're just alien. And it's, it's pretty insane. And I just, you know, I've had the same set of pedals and stuff for years now. And I just was so foreign to what I was running. So, um, yeah, I, I put in a lot of time and, and then actually right after that event is when I got picked up by, um, Kawanda Simsport and they're, um, probably, they are, you know, the most accomplished team on iRacing. So, you know, I, it, that's when it kind of got pretty serious for me. Listen, uh, good luck this weekend, uh, at Barber Motorsports Park. And by the way, because of the change in the schedule, it will be the only appearance, even if it's just in sim racing, uh, in the state of Alabama for the NTT IndyCar series. And, uh, Sage, I'm sure you're not as free with advice as you were going into Watkins Glen because now you're the lead dog. Uh, I mean, I'm still trying to help these guys as much as I can. You know, some will reach out, some won't. But um, it's funny. I see, like, Scott Dixon was just in a room with, like, one of the pro sim racers. He's getting coaching, and these guys are coming for me. So I got to – I can't relax, that's for sure. <laughs> Well, we're glad you carved out a little bit of time for us here on Brick by Brick, and I wish you nothing but the best there at Barber. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you having me. Uh, let's close out this hour uh, with a visit with uh, the home team, so to speak, AJ. Uh, he wheels the Meyer Shank racing car, uh, was scheduled to compete in the entire NTT IndyCar Series uh, in 2020, but so far he was a no-show dinger. At Watkins Glen last week, we're talking about Jack Harvey. What the <laughs> hell happened, Harvey? Do you know, man? I'm just—I've never done any like virtual racing. I don't own a sim. Uh, I don't think I used to be that kid who tried to actively not be a video gamer. And honestly, it's turned around and bitten me in the ass pretty hard <laughs> because I couldn't get all the parts in time. I'm still waiting on my PC. But the actual—I sent AJ a photo of it earlier. Uh, my. I've got my monitor, I've got my C pedals, wheels. I'm just waiting on the PC now, but yeah. <laughs> that's it, huh? That's it all. That's, that's it. your that's excuse. It, that's it. No, that's it. You, you know, the, Jack, the, uh, the, the PC is, is kind of like the engine of the race car. It's right. the most important thing, really. I, that, wouldn't you have started with that first? Do you know, like, when you say it that way, it does sound bad. Okay. When you say it that way, it does sound bad. However, like I got a Surface Pro. That's like my PC. I just don't have not tech. I don't. I'm not a tech guy. I just don't have stuff. And I got. A, I found the PC I wanted that was like really good quality, like gaming one. I guess it's got loads of RAM. Uh, I don't even. I'm talking about these things like I know what they are. I don't even really know what they are. And it was. I got it. I paid for like the expedited shipping for it to arrive, and it got delayed, and it's still delayed. And then I called them today, and I'm like. 
what's going on? Like, this is like the main part that I need. And it's the last thing that's arrived. Dinger, you had a chance to see his rig. All right. Now, one of the things that happens in the virtual reality world is uh, you can spend as much as a quarter of a million dollars on a, on a sim racing rig, or you can be like Connor Daly was last week at Watkins Glen with uh, a steering wheel clamped to the kitchen table and uh, the pedals propped up on a cardboard box. So uh, give me an assessment of what uh, Mr. Harvey's going to field should he get his PC, a.k.a. his engine, in time for this event Saturday at uh, Barber. He's got a good setup. I was telling him that you know, it's actually very similar to mine. The, the wheel and the pedals, the wheel's the same as mine. The, the pedals is what I used to run. Uh, so he, he's got a decent setup. It's a little higher up than pedals on a cardboard box and, and clamped to a kitchen table. So he's got Connor Daly beat there. But, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Birmingham, it's an easy racetrack, right? There's not much to learn. Not. Uh, so <laughs> you know, sim or real life, that's a, that's a tough racetrack. So I, I like uh, Harvey's attitude about, you know, I'm just going to wait till the last second, show up, and then just dominate. It's nice. It's, yeah. <laughs> Actually, even it's pretty intimidating because I know everyone's been doing it for like a week now or so, and a few people have been doing it for a lot longer. And Barber is a tricky track, you know. So I'm like, guys, like I'm just I'm getting further behind every day. I feel like right now, and I called a buddy of mine who's a sim racer and was like, "Look, me funny, but like, how much do I need to spend here? Like, straight off the bat, how much do I need to spend?" And honestly, I tried to do it as as nice as I could on a budget oh time out nice as you could why don't you let our listeners know the truth i tried to do it as cheaply as possible okay yeah i did i thousand percent did there There you go go. (laughs) i well you say that but i tried to do it as nice as i could but kind of bypass a little bit of that learning time by going with nice equipment because i realized i'm already behind (laughs) so i needed to bypass some of that initial uh, you know, BS just to be able to come and like be able to compete to start with. But I did. Someone said to me the other day, like an iRacing champion, literally has it on on a table. He's got an old wheel, old pedals, and he just like he's done that much time with it. You know, he just obviously gets it. But yeah, I, I you know of all the conversations I thought we'd be having this year, my lack of PC wouldn't wasn't going to be inhibiting my ability to do any racing. I guess just times are. Times are different this year. You know, your lack of PC skills <laughs> maybe turns to my next question is um, your dance skills. I was looking on your uh, your Twitter feed there, and in your free time, you've learned some some new dance moves with your girlfriend. You like that? Yeah, that like wasn't that. bad. So let's let's talk about how much, how many new dance moves will you have learned when the season finally starts? Impossible to say. Could be, could be hundreds. <laughs> We did one last night as well, and I'm like, wow, are we that bored that a non-dancer is able to actually look like he can almost do it? I will say, not to pat myself on the back, but clearly I'm about to, it took me about half an hour to learn that. It was actually pretty good, Jackaroot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, because when he first, <laughs> the first, like the first five seconds of it, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, this is going to be bad to watch. Then he gets going. So, obviously, he has a, a pretty good teacher, so... Hopefully I give like him. My, I give him a. I give him a B plus. So I'm looking forward like to his barber. next video. All right. Hope that's Barber for me. Maybe it starts off a little steady, but then just like rapidly gets better. I I, I yet to be to be convinced though 
fellows, that that will transfer successfully in any way, shape, or form to uh, <laughs> your appearance this weekend. Uh, so that is a lot of lack of faith. That's sad. It's, it's sad, but it's, it, it, but it's reality. All right, <laughs> all right. It's like, but you know, like I have a I have a Surface Pro as well, but I also recognize what my limitations are. And uh, sim racing is not in my wheelhouse, but Jack, we do appreciate your visiting with us and we will check back in. Uh, so I'm assuming a top 10 is out of the question this weekend. Is it? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think so. If I don't they all wreck so. like they did last week, if he doesn't have to hit the reset button at all, he has a chance at a top 10. There you go. I would say, I all think right. that's a decent well, chance. Well, that's providing your engine shows up. I mean, we can if you say it that way, it always is going to sound bad, okay? Bad well, part. It is <laughs> always bad if the motor's not in the car. I that's, would think. It's never a good thing. It's true. Hey, Jack, in all honesty, thanks for visiting with us. We do wish you good luck, uh, the rest Thank of you. the NTT IndyCar guys that are, are entertaining their fans, uh, not only with the race itself, but also with virtual autograph sessions as well. AJ? We've come to, the, come to the end of our little uh, Coco Clatch and Harmonica recital here on the Dan Patrick channel. If you missed any of what we've talked about with any of uh, the people today, fear not. Uh, you can get it on your time when you want. If uh, you go to the SiriusXM app or even better yet, you can download all of our podcasts as they live on the podcast section of Pandora. Final thoughts from you, partner, as far as what the – the new normal is and what we should look forward to and expect a at barber this weekend and uh before we reconvene one week from tonight well i think jack harvey has a better chance of learning the macarena than winning <laughs> at barber that's the first thing <laughs> second of all the new norm, yeah the new norm that we live in i'm not sure what that is every day we learn more but more importantly with these sim races that, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR or IMSA was doing throughout the course of the world, it gives something for all of us, not just general fans, but us, Jack, myself, everybody to kind of take their mind off of the pandemic that's going on. And at least for a couple hours a, a weekend now, we have something that we enjoy watching, something we look forward to watching. So I can't wait for Barbara this weekend. Look, we're all in this together, not just in the United States of America, but when we visited with Simon Pagano globally. And we will defeat it, much the way we have defeated uh, so many other crises that have surfaced. Why? Because of the spirit of the human being. My thanks to our guests, uh, Doug Bowles, the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, to Simon Pagano, to Jack Harvey. Our thanks to uh, Sage Caramore, already has a win in the virtual world. Quick reminder, we will be back with you one week from tonight here on uh, Sirius XM Dan Patrick Channel 211. And until then, if you've missed any of our interviews with any of our guests or any of our previous Brick by Brick shows, it's real simple. It's uh, available for download on the Sirius XM app and, as always, on Pandora in the podcast section. For Andy King, our executive producer, and for Nate Lee, I'm Jack Aroot. Be safe, everybody. Continue to fight this battle and we will prevail. We will see you again one week from tonight, right here on Sirius XM Radio's Brick by Brick. Thanks, everyone.